0: So you want to be a contractor ever wonder what it takes to become a contractor the journey they go on to get where they are now or the crazy things they see and hear on the job site. Well, you're in the right spot. Welcome to so you want to be a contractor the podcast join your host Mike Fisher as he talks to owners of construction companies from all over about how they got started how they run their business and some of the craziest stories they've experienced on their job sites. And now your host, Mike Fisher. Welcome to So You Want to Be a Contractor. This is episode episode number seven. My name is Mike. With me today, uh, my guest, Bill Mann. How you doing, Bill? Doing well, Mike.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: No, thanks for, for taking the time. Appreciate it. Um, Bill is the president of GB Group Inc. And um, why don't you give us your history? Let us let us know kind of <laughs> how you got into this industry and and. Uh, All the fun things that that brought you to where you are today.
1: Well, I kind of started in the construction industry back when I was in high school with my mother and her partner who built apartment buildings. And so used to do a lot of uh, repairs and apartment flips uh, before going to college. And then uh, I went to college and uh, one of my degrees is in construction management. And the program at the time required that we actually worked in the industry uh, as we went to school. So I went to work for a real estate developer that built homeowners association, so, um, and worked in his warranty department. Um, and so that was kind of my entry to the HOA world and uh, pretty much stayed in it the rest of my career. So I've done uh, construction lending, I've done project management, and then also uh, reconstruction work, which is basically what I've been doing for the last 20 years, So, So when you say
0: reconstruction work, you guys are actually going in and, and rehabbing Apartments and, and, uh, yeah,
1: Yeah, our work is primarily for occupied, uh, residential housing. So, um, it's basically apartments, condominiums, townhouse developments. Um, majority work, um, is rehab work. We don't do much existing ground up type construction. Unless maybe it's a clubhouse or something for existing community or fire, you know, fire jobs sometimes can get into almost ground up. Um, but it's, you know, basically siding, roof, deck, stairs, windows, upgrades, painting. Um, and then the apartment world obviously has interior rehab projects um, as they go through their complexes. So.
0: Right, right.
1: So what what
0: was, add had your own company and what was that process like of going from, and that decision-making process going from, you know, employee having all that background and working your way through all those different levels of the, the different companies to kind of making that decision to to go out on your own.
1: Well I'm actually not I don't own GB group. The G B group, I'm actually working for the family that owns it and okay. the, uh, founders, uh the mother and father, Reagan and Greg Brown, are transitioning out into retirement. And we have two identical twin millennial sons taking over. So um I'm kind of here helping them through that transition process um of going from one generation to the next which has been very that uh, been a lot of fun so
0: yeah yeah no so that, i mean that brings a whole another level of questions that's for sure what so how long have you been associated with gb group and uh, did you step in as president or did you move up with them or
1: um i've been here almost four years um i stepped in originally as vice president and then i was promoted to president um it's it, they've you know greg and reagan i've known greg way before he even started gb group um i've known them they've been friendly competitors of mine for decades and um opportunity to kind of you know as uh, all of us baby boomers are kind of moving into the retirement world of like how are we transitioning out of this
0: <laughs> right so,
1: right um I joined them, you know, almost four years ago, and brought over a lot of my team and stuff at the time. So,
0: so were they? Obviously, they were actively looking for somebody like you to kind of help that transition process between them and, and their sons that are taking over.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's always a tough, tough situation with family. Um, you know, going from uh, from one group to the next, and then um, you know, there's the age thing too, or you know, or you know all us old people think we know better so it's <laughs> like you know are they really ready to take over the reins or not take over the reins so I mean sometimes it's nice I think for them to have kind of a third party to kind of look at stuff and it's it's a process to go through I mean there's a lot of di- th- different things to consider um there's a lot of you know different things issues that come up you don't know, when you're transitioning an existing companies especially one of significant size so yeah and,
0: and I I've I've kind of seen that transition a few times or at least spoke to people in that transition of going from you know the the one generation to the next and and it seems to go you know a number of different ways how how has that process been and and where have you seen um that you've kind of been uh you know helpful in that in that transition process uh in some of the things that you know that you get there well, i think
1: some of it just knowing different you know watching different companies over the years um go from you know one generation to the next um my dad worked at bechtel and watched it go Year to the next generation so he went through several generation transitions and just kind of hearing and then a lot of friends you know parents companies that companies took over what was successful what wasn't successful you kind of have to look at some of that plus you're also dealing with a situation where you have two brothers um that right. business partners um and so that kind of adds a different you know flavor to it you know it's very yeah. kind of adamant that they get some kind of a partnership agreement put together with exit strategies and stuff like that because right now neither one are married they don't have kids you know things like that and it's a- Different things happen. You know, <laughs> yeah, it all seems real easy right decade now. Decade to decade yeah. relationships. So you never know what's going to yeah. transpire. Yep. Yeah. So, um, You know, and we've all seen, you know, existing companies have issues with things like divorce and other things. Our partners break up. And so, I, you know, the more pre-planning you can do to mitigate, you know, potential things down the road. And then there's just issues of, you know, you've got, Lines of credit and credit cards that you know people have been personally guaranteed for decades, and they have tremendous amount of net worth. And now you're dealing with younger people where their net worth isn't as big. Not
0: quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So so it's all been a challenge, but um, and uh, uh, just you know the the hiccups and all that licensing. You know, I got two people. Who's going to be CEO? Who's not going to be CEO? Right.
0: Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah,
1: sounds like you've you've turned
0: into almost a, a uh, mediator too, right? In in the, in the process, and you know they
1: uh, actually really do well going into um, and internally. You know, the, I, I would. There's no been huge battles or anything like that. I think they all they very reasonable group of people. They all sit down and and work through all this. So um, that's awesome, and I think that helps a lot. So so
0: obviously you're 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 helping with that transition part is are there other roles that you have on a day-to-day that you, uh, that you manage?
1: Oh, absolutely. So, um, we do a lot of, uh, construction defect support to different law firms. So involved in that, um, the new SB 326 deck inspection process and 721 for the apartments and been involved in getting that set up and moving. Um, and just, you know, day-to-day operations, sales, um, you know, keep moving the company forward from a technology standpoint, you know, construction is not exactly an industry. That's embraced technology, yeah. but we we're yeah. trying to keep not, not the department. Too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so maybe kind of speak to that a little bit. Are there, where, where are some things and, and I would have to imagine that younger generation coming in is probably, probably helping, him. you know, push some of that stuff. Cause they probably grew up in it. Right. Uh, what are some of the things you, you guys good. are doing? Uh, actually
1: with you sense. I didn't see much difference between the generations on that I think everybody I think sees a lot of benefit with technology um, yeah. you know um, getting you know the field per you know, being able to do a lot of electronic uh, uh, medium and stuff back and forth to the administrative staff um you know all the different things that go with um file generation file keeping and stuff like that i think that's all gotten really uh tuned in i think most people the biggest challenge has always been the field um because most of our field personnel are you know english isn't their first language they a lot of um they have their own just challenges trying to um do it but i have to say for the most part you know there's certainly a group of them that seem to be able to embrace it and do it well so
0: That's awesome. Very fun. So where, where do you, uh, I guess, where do you see your role kind of developing as, as this transition takes place? I mean, are are you there kind of the long haul uh, as,
1: as well, my long haul is going to be over here pretty soon. (laughs) 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 Trying to, trying to transition out as well, huh? Yeah. You know, retire at some point. Um, I wasn't sure COVID wasn't going to accelerate that process, but, um, Luckily we, you know, seem to have come out the other side on that. So no, I mean, I'm just, you know, gonna be here helping with the corporate stuff, um, and continuous sales. I mean, we have a very bifurcated client base, um, where, you know, there's the new group of millennials and stuff coming up through the ranks, which um the boys certainly have a much better, stronger relationship with. And then there's still the the old crew that, you know, I'm attached to. So um, right. so I think from a marketing standpoint, we've done really well because we kind of appeal to both groups and, um, and you know, there's a need to have me around. I'll be here. So
0: yeah, yeah. What, um, maybe kind of, I have to imagine kind of the, the space that you guys are in, it's pretty, um, pretty tough to kind of break in. Right. I would imagine, or maybe once you, once you have a client, they, they kind of turn to you for a lot of things. Right. Uh, so we, you know, kind of a
1: weird situation, you know, with dealing with the multi-housing, existing multi-housing market, because the clients a lot of times are going through fee management companies. Certainly, the HOAs are. So we right. never really are, very rarely. Sometimes we're not even in contact with what I consider the client, whether it's a board of directors or a property owner for. You know, we're dealing with a property manager, so we kind of have a weird, you know, um, gatekeeper that's kind of between us and the owner. So a lot of our relationships are with the gatekeepers. Um, We certainly do have relationships with boards of directors and building owners, but uh, for the most part, the gatekeeper, the relationship with, and that's been a a revolving industry um, in the last couple of years, like I've never seen before. So...
0: So how does that, how does that, I guess, how do you focus your marketing then, right? If if your end goal is, and the person you want to make happy is that, that property owner or the developer, right? But, but you have to really, your, your work is being driven by the the property management. I mean, I feel like that's, that's a pretty tough marketing task
1: it is i mean i I mean a great deal of our marketing is is focused towards the the manager property management companies because they are the ones that are usually putting projects out the bid or adding us to bid lists or things like that Um, but they for whatever reason the managers have been it's been like a chess game of them moving from company to company um and just you know the amount of database time we spend tracking all these tracking projects has, you know, increased tremendously. I mean, the fact we're using a product like Salesforce to track a little uh, construction company market. To...
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so what are, are there some things that you guys do for marketing? That
0: have been pretty successful for you?
1: Well, I mean, certainly this last couple of years has been a challenge because, you know, normally direct, direct marketing. So I was going to say a
0: yeah. lot of it's probably handshakes and... Networking. Yeah,
1: I and mean, not being able to lunch with people or whatever, right. or see them face to face, been difficult. But we came up with a lot of different strategies. We uh, went uh, heavily on—we've always been heavily on the education side of the industry for managers. So uh, we did a lot of speaking initially coming out of the gate uh, with COVID, and then a year ago we started our podcast HOA's Story. Uh, which is all HOA-driven uh, thing. So every week we release a new podcast, um, and that's helped with our marketing. And then we've done more virtual things with management companies and stuff, where we'll like send out wine tasting kits to everybody, and then do a virtual wine tasting where everybody at home on Zoom, um, as well as different kinds of games and different things. So it's definitely a little more out of the box. I mean, we're kind of coming out of where there's some. Uh, in-person meetings, but, um, still for the most part, um, uh, everything's still zoom, uh, really.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys have gotten pretty creative. Those are, I, I love I mean, those are awesome ideas and, and ones that I haven't heard before and, and probably, you know, pretty unique to this industry as a whole, where, were these things that like somebody in your office came up with, or did you have help coming up with
1: some of this, this stuff or? I mean, some of it, I mean, uh, uh, Reagan Brown and I have always spoke a lot. So that was kind of the initial thing. And so we really got on it where um, with the different uh, organizations, CACM and CAI on Echo of, you know, being participating in their um, in their presentations. And then certainly COVID had its issues with the construction industry. So we spoke a lot on the COVID restrictions. We spoke on, you know, material supply chain issues um, all the different components, you know, kind of relayed this last year with uh, last two years with the COVID, uh, crisis. And so that really kind of helped. And then, um, kind of, we got to the end, we were like going, Reagan came up with doing the podcast. And so I said, well, let's give it a try. And it's been very successful. So. That's
0: funny. I, I, I kind of had the same thing. So my previous employer, they, they said, Hey, you should probably do this. It's a, it's a great way to kind of networking, I kind of went, yeah, I, don't, I don't know about that, but I'm actually having more fun doing it than, you know, than I am reaping the benefits of, of the actual networking, but is it kind of the same thing for you guys? Have you guys, is it turned into like a, a fun project for you that you've seen grow up or, and, and, uh, and then on, on the flip side of that, are you actually seeing kind of business and, and those relationships being developed uh, via that podcast?
1: Um, it's been very interesting on the podcast side. So you know, we kind of you know we since ours is geared more towards HOA based off of the name. Right. Um, with with issues related to the HOA industry, so whether it's legislation, management issues, construction issues, and um, legal issues, we've kind of gone the soup to nuts type thing with the right. topics. And so you know, it's always interesting trying to come up with new topics. <laughs> I think we're you know we've passed. So it's like you know, wow. Yeah, so it's kind of like one of those things where you know, where are you going to go with this, and what's the next, what's the next thing, you know, It's this thing we're going to talk about? But some of the things like we did several on the SB three twenty six deck inspection or you know elevated element inspection requirements. I mean, those have been useful not only for the property management companies, but for them to use as a tool to send their boards educate yeah. them so yeah um and then one of the uh one of the most listened to ones right out of the gate we did one on sewer laterals which i got you know eyebrows raised we're doing a podcast on <laughs> <sewer laterals. laughs> yeah right <laughs> but it's becoming a, a ever big thing um kind of out of the blue on uh, with a lot of different counties up in the in northern california so um, it actually was well listened to, and the gentleman that did it was like book solid right after it happened. So
0: that's awesome. Good for him. That's, uh, I, I love those kind of outside the box ideas, right? Especially in this very kind of, we touched on an antiquated and, and kind of old school industry, right? I mean, everybody thinks yellow legal pads and boots on the ground, and, and that's kind of how it works, but, um, you, you call it you, you saw it kind of shifting, you know, a couple of years ago or maybe three or four years ago and and moving, you know, a little bit more digital in, in a lot of different aspects. And I think and you'll probably agree, COVID probably just accelerated that for everybody, right? It it forced everybody to either for lack of a better term, shit or get off the bot, right? I mean, at that point you either had to figure it out or you were done because there was no other way
1: i totally agree with you i mean that was you know one of the things and i think you know things like the virtual meetings and stuff just for us because the time saving of not having yeah. to travel and sit and wait for a meeting and you know, go to a 20 or 30 minute meeting and drive an hour hour and a half right. back to where you need to go i mean it's just huge on our part and and being able to even do multiple meetings in in one evening or one afternoon so right. um that's been you know been a great thing i think that you know the whole um, things buying things on Amazon and stuff like that. I think the podcast stuff became much more popular because people were using their computers for more things than they probably ever have in the past. And so, yeah, um, it's been a great, great tool and a great experience. So, watching things kind of unravel here. So,
0: no, that's awesome, I and mean, and. Applaud you guys for kind of for, for being on the on the forefront of that and the precipice of that because I, I think it's like like I said it's it's fun to fun to watch and, and fun to see in the industry for sure. Flipping to the construction side, are you guys do you guys self perform a lot of this work or do you is are you more on the management side when it comes to the actual construction work?
1: No, we're boots on the ground company. I mean, we have you know almost three hundred field employees. So I was going to say we're that we well, pretty massive. really. Yeah, we self-perform pretty much most, I would say, you know, 80 to 90, probably more like 90%, 95% of our contracts. I mean, every once in a while we'll have a specialty trade or something where we need to bring in a, a but it doesn't usually happen too often. Things like pools and stuff. will have
0: a pool contractor come in. So there's, I mean, obviously I've, I've talked to hundreds of contractors and plenty of them are clients at all and this, that, the other, but there are definitely two two trains of thought there, right? One of them is, I don't want to deal with the employee management. I'd rather deal with subcontractors and let them deal with everything. And and I'd rather just manage projects. Then the other people, the other flip side of that is, no, I want to control the labor. I want to control the quality and I want to have more control. Not that you can't do, you know, both either way. Um, but, and, and obviously you weren't around when, the, when that decision was made, but have there been discussions about, you know, using more subcontractors? What is your guys' philosophy on 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 self-performing as much work as you do i love it i'm not i don't hear this as critic criticism it's just more just hearing the hearing the thought process
1: yeah i've worked in both worlds Uh, and my uh, brother-in-law is a big general contractor who subs you know most of his work so um so i see the pros and cons subcontracting thing works well when you're in big new construction projects. I think it'd be very difficult to manage a team that was doing, you know, some large commercial or multifamily development. I mean, I think it works fine for single family homes. And I think the reason in our market, I think so many issues with uh, construction defect repairs, we really need to uh, hone in on the quality of what gets produced. And a problem with managing a ton of different subcontractors on a job it can get very difficult uh it can get very tenuous um and you don't have i mean why you still should have control of your subs Sometimes it doesn't always happen so right and you can't you know a project manager or foreman can't be everywhere supervising the subs you have to obviously rely on that sub base so you're only as good as your subcontractors so um it can be a tough market and since we do so much construction Air work. Um, most of the uh, companies that do that, they self perform most of the work.
0: Yeah. Well, I imagine your guys have to be a little bit more skilled across multiple trades, right? Because you're going into a job and you're doing a little bit of everything. Or is it? Is it? Is that the case, or do you, have a crews that they do certain things, and you just hop them around from job to job as a timeline progresses through a project?
1: Um, some of both. I mean, we do yeah. have crews that do specific, like I have, you know, stucco crews. So, you the know, paint crews that just do paint, um, sheet metal guys that just do sheet metal, but the carpenters and, you know, the skilled trade people, they do multiple things. They'll do concrete work and, and framing right. repairs and waterproofing. I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, um, trying to, uh, being able to train your crews, um, you know, is a big part of what we do. It's not just for the work we do, but they're also working in occupied housing. So the level of expectation of people, particularly like right now with as many people that are um, it's a whole different thing than going out to, you know, uh, site and and building ground up. Right. I mean, there are no radios, and there's no swearing, and there's no smoking. <laughs> <laughs> <Like, you know, laughs> Extra all clean, all those things. Yeah, yeah. You know, you really clean up at the end of the day, and you know, yeah, you've got to cook yeah. everything off, and you got to look for, you know, kids and all the other things that we have to deal with. Um, just working in occupied housing and trying to do do that with the actors can be really difficult. So, yeah, um, you know, they just sometimes don't get it. So. So, I
0: mean, the, the, the training and retention just blows my mind, right? 300, around 300 employees. I mean, that's that's a massive undertaking. What kind of systems do you guys have in place to you know, acquire talent, right? Because I have to imagine as quickly as you can acquire them, I mean, you're probably losing them from a turnover standpoint just because, and maybe that's not the case, and hopefully it's not, right? Knock on wood. But, I mean, with 300, the numbers are the numbers, right? I, I know guys that want to have a crew of 8 or 10, and they can't find one or two. And that's a, you know, that's a 25% turnover. Whereas a 25% turnover for you is, you know, 40 guys, 50 guys. Like that's,
1: yeah, that's we don't have huge turnovers like that. Our that's turnover good. rate's pretty small. <clears throat> I mean, we do have people coming in and out. I mean, we're like any construction company. Our biggest, um, recruiting tool is basically through the existing employees. Um, so we offer incentive to existing employees to bring in people with and you know they usually bring in people that they like to work with so right we have pretty good success with that um you know trying to advertise and bring people in from the street you know has a very low success rate so um and then we you know once they get here we try to keep them you know we keep our benefits up um and things we offer the employees so hopefully it, so. what is the so what is the training process, process? Yeah, loyalty is one of those things that over the years has kind of gone by the wayside between employer and employee. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, what are the, some of the systems you guys have in place from a training standpoint, cause I'd have to imagine that's gotta be pretty top of mind for you guys too, and, and, and making sure you stay on top of that with, with everybody that you guys, uh, manage.
1: Well, so there's a pretty rigid uh, safety training program everybody goes through literally from the day they walk in the door and it continues the entire time they're here. Um, And there's an entire safety department that deals with that. Um, As far as the uh, trade aspects of specific things that are going on out in the construction world, those are usually more site or job specific. And so they go through uh, mock-ups and training. Anytime we start a new job, um and you know go through the process because we deal with different architects and designers so things change from project to project and so you know we try to do is uh park a crew different details related to that job and then they stay on that project to the end that's awesome
0: yeah i mean it's one of those things where you kind of have to have the systems in place right if if and i, I don't know where they were in the in that and then from a size standpoint, when you started, but you know, you, you kind of gotta, gotta have the systems in place to grow and, and be able to manage a, that number of people before you actually get that number of people, right? Like you can't, you can't get there and then think, how am I going to manage all these people? Um, so I'd have to imagine the systems you guys have in place are are, it sounds yeah, like no, you guys get better the, over the time back time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They get better. figure are better ways of, of managing the, managing the people and training them, um, and, you know, that's something that, you know, I think any business nowadays that's dealing with, um, kind of a blue collar labor force is, you know, whether they're cleaning rooms in a hotel or, you know, out on a construction site, everybody needs to be trained and, and we're all spending a lot more time helping uh, training programs and stuff like that. It's not the old days where you put out the sign saying, I need 10 journeyman carpenters and they line up right. at the door and they don't care right. training.
0: Yeah. Have you, so you guys have, obviously there's an aspect of, uh, kind of what I want to say accountability when, when somebody's bringing in a friend or, or bringing in somebody that they know, um, to work for you guys, right? It's, it's, it's almost like a second level of accountability, right? You've got the management level inside the, the, the office, and then you've got, you know, this person that brought them in that they're now accountable to as well, but are, are you guys, is that been successful from, uh, from a workforce or from a from a workability standpoint too are they bring are you able to find people that are they're skilled and qualified for these jobs as well because that seems to be kind of a, an issue in the industry right now as well it's just you know i can bring in a friend but but can you do the job right is that is that yeah, is, is I, you an I'm to
1: say I'm not going to say it's 100% successful bringing in folks you know that, oh
0: 100% yeah but but I am going to tell
1: yeah. you the success rate is way higher than it is when we're just de- you know, interviewing people off the street, so to speak. So, yeah. Um, and you know, I feel generally these people work side, so they know what the skill set is of the other person. Um, and we have a fairly small industry, and you know, people go from company to company. Um, and I've certainly had people leave and come back, and you know, leave again and come back. So, right. Um, you know, I you know, the Bay Area is a tough place. San Francisco Bay Area is a tough place to live. It's expensive. So. They will hop around for an extra couple of dollars. So if you get a contract for a crew and starts overpaying, we'll probably lose a few people. But you always tell them, look, at grass is always greener if you come back. Actually, during the pandemic, started losing people to the union, which is I've never had happen in all the decades I've been in this business. Um, But then they kind of, you know, people suddenly were traveling, you know three hours to a job site and stuff like that so they uh, a lot of them came back so yeah i you know the pay was significant so
0: that's awesome where where do you see because i've i've again i've talked to plenty of contractors where that younger generation is coming in and and a lot of times or more often than not it's it's that younger generation that wants to push the envelope a little bit and 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 grow and and kind of you know, all, all these new ideas and and new aspirations for the company. Do you see that kind of being the case with, with the uh, transition that's taking place now?
1: Well, there's definitely interesting growing the company and I think they should, um, you know, I think everybody gets to a certain comfort level with wherever they're at. Um, and you know, there's new marketplaces, you know, um, our industry is not shrinking by any stretch of the imagination. So there's new areas to work in, um, I mean, if somebody, you know, ten years ago said I had a job in Fresno, I'd say I'd say pass, but now it's like, well, a lot of my that far from Fresno. So, you know, maybe we take a job in Fresno now. So. Right. Um, you know, so there's different areas of construction. I think as you grow and develop, you know, the processes and stuff like that. It's it's only natural to grow. So
0: Yeah. Are you guys just based out of one location right now, or do you have a couple different
1: offices or were you at, yeah, we have three locations right now, okay. uh, one in the South Bay, uh, one in the Bay, East Bay of the Bay Area, one Sacramento. Sacramento.
0: Wow. Yeah, and maybe, I mean, growing is and... the yeah, easiest way to grow, right, especially when, when you've got that many people.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we had to start looking at um, in our industry the small projects, and, you know, uh, the small projects um you know take more effort and a lot more and more geographic office locations because you can't be so far away from the job site so um i don't know in the future whether i mean we're trying to shrink that business a little bit and we have um and just focus on the larger because it gives us a better ability to um to grow and expand into different areas um so,
0: Well, you almost put it, it's, it's, I mean, I have the same kind of thing, right? I mean, somebody, a contractor that comes in with just a few employees, it's almost the same work as a contractor like you that comes in with 300 employees, right? On the front end, there's a, there's a lot of work that's done to put it all together at the end of the day, obviously one pays more than the other, right? I have to imagine it's kind of the same kind of situation for you guys, right? I mean, that, that setup process and putting the whole project together is almost the same, you know, on the front end, but the one, you know, provides job security and, and income over a longer period of time,
1: um, for, your, for exactly right. I mean, you know, we'd yeah. end up with, you know, thousands of little maintenance jobs, maybe equate to a million dollars and you know, it right. takes an entire administrator's time and, you know, <laughs> two different project managers time. And and I could do a million dollar job and it'd be a 10th of the administrator's time. And one, right. Such manager, so. <laughs> right. So, so is
0: there, are there,
1: and yeah no, go ahead. lots of knees. Talent got to be a lot harder, really like project managers and stuff at that. That was also kind of driving that equation of, you know, do we really you know produce do we get to, we do big work, we do a great job at it. Uh, we do small work, I think we do a good job at that too. It opens yourself up. I mean, every time you go out to do something, it just opens up to more exposure with clients, which is a good thing, but then also it can also not go good. so <laughs>
0: right, right no for sure so where do you see where do you see the future obviously we've talked about it a little bit but are are there are there goals guys have set up with with the the new generation that's coming in the brothers and and where do you kind of see uh the the company go two three five years
1: well i think there's gonna be i mean we definitely definitely put an annual operating plan and then kind of also do a future plan. COVID's made that a little difficult. Yeah, <laughs> figure out it's like throwing are darts there, right? Are in business next year <laughs> right. are still gonna be working. <laughs> 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 and then supply chain issues that uh, in 2022 is old, a, a little concerning too. I don't know how that's ultimately gonna impact our ability to do work. It's already gotten to be very difficult um, getting some materials. So um, yeah, so you then, know what's so
0: funny garage doors I, I know three people right now that have new homes that are being built and they can't they can't get garage doors so they can't move in that's the last thing that they're waiting on it's, it's really the, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It's all
1: different kinds of thing abs drain pipe supposed to be the next big you know um toilet paper shortage <laughs> 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 so i don't know it's been a very difficult difficult thing we just we we're supposed to start a small job small resize and i'm just getting five units of si- hardy siding was like a three-day project <laughs> so, so i don't know we'll see how it goes i mean yes after we get out of the uh, pandemic issues supply chain issues uh things like that I and mean, you know the company is certainly in a position to continue and that's certainly our goal and objectives to do that so whether it's expansion in our existing markets or also going into new geographic territories so very cool.
0: Well, I look forward to watching that and, and kind of seeing where you guys are going. One thing I like to kind of just kind of touch on with, with most of my, my guests and, and, and just kind of find out where their head is at on it is social media, just because, I mean, it sounds like you guys have kind of, uh, you know, taken the charge with, or I, I guess, you know, kind of led with, you know, the 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 Zoom stuff and, and some of those other things that are becoming a little bit more um, uh, everyday practice in this industry. But The whole social media aspect of it too is 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 fascinating me kind of seeing where where contractors and and construction companies kind of fall on that scale um and and just so just kind of curious where you guys are at on that and and what your thoughts are on it i mean obviously you guys are appealing to a different crowd right you're not appealing to the to the to the stay-at-home mom who's on instagram looking for you know somebody to to you know whenever you redo their bathroom but um at the same time, you know, the the project managers and the, and the, uh, or not the project manager, sorry, the, the property managers and the, and the HOA board members and all those people that you guys are appealing to are becoming younger and younger and kind of on those platforms as well. Is that something you guys have uh, thought about or where where are you guys at on that?
1: Yeah. A lot of time redoing our website, um, you know, particularly being Silicon Valley based, I mean, it's amazing and looking at the, Uh, Data that we're getting from not only the uh, website inquiries as well as the podcasts and stuff like that, which is data that we really didn't have access to in the past or easily, easily have in the past. So looking at our overall market share in those different arenas, seeing how often people are either searching for us or finding us, what pages they go to on our website. Um, you know, it's been really interesting to see how successful some of the marketing, uh, is on the different types of platforms and property managers love social media, um, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all that they're LinkedIn, they're on all of it. So, (laughs) and certainly the younger ones versus some of the older ones, but, um, it's, you know, it's a big part of, uh, of our marketing effort for sure. I um, love well, that
0: you guys are tracking it and doing it deliberately because that's. I mean, that's. If in my opinion, it's, if you're going to do it, do it right, 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 and and make sure that you you understand where those dollars are being spent and what's being successful and what's not. Do you guys have are dedicated to that? I guess, endeavor or that, that, that portion of your business. Inside yeah. Your business.
1: We have some people that run all the analytics on all our different uh, media platforms uh, in the, our webpage. So, yes. Yeah, so we have somebody looking at all the analytics and are kind of able to, you know, interpret them for us because it's not something right. that, you know, I've ever yeah. looked at. I don't know what right. what's considered a good, what's considered bad. <laughs> and right. so right. it's really nice to have some, you know, people that do that for a living, um and understand the the to know whether we're successful or not and you know what it takes to continue to grow um our following so
0: yeah well and it helps you kind of understand the numbers a little bit too right because there's a lot of people that think if i spend x amount of dollars on my website or x amount of dollars on you know instagram marketing that it should result in x times a certain number in in business but that's not always the case right it's not always uh a situation where money spent you know directly returns you know money for you you're not getting phone calls from instagram you know people uh, too often right where people are calling and say hey please do my job because i just saw you on instagram but it's more of a of awareness and a branding kind of aspect of it right And, and those are numbers you can really you can't really understand how those are doing anything for you until you understand how those what those numbers look like um
1: so yeah. um and it's kind of fun because you know for somebody like myself you know even though i'm not a millennial it's nice to kind of be you know the mix of this stuff and see it go forward because i find it very interesting um yeah. i think it, there's kind of a cultural anthropology aspect to it that yeah. i find that's well, an art almost that. too
0: yeah being able to do it successfully yeah very cool man well bill this has been awesome i appreciate you taking the time um excited to see where you guys are headed um sounds like you're obviously you know well on your way and uh maybe uh see you guys down our way a little bit i'm down in uh, orange county la area so maybe uh for our
1: see next expansion is down to Tokyo, so
0: i figured yeah that's i mean because i mean you, you kind of got to work in the metropolitan areas right i mean where the where the big multifamily stuff is and, and the hoa stuff that's yeah so hopefully we'll, we'll see you down this way and And uh, if we don't hear from you before then, let's keep in touch because I I think uh, what you guys are doing is awesome. So I appreciate appreciate your
1: time. time. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah, Yeah, no no worries. worries. Before Before we we
0: let you go, let's uh, give you an opportunity to to let everybody know where to find you guys, whether that's, you know, whatever social medias or websites or how to get a hold of you guys. Uh,
1: So our website is gbgroupinc.com, or you can reach me at bill.man at gbgroupinc.com. And uh, if you go to our website, we also have links to our uh, podcast, HOA, It's a True
0: Story. HOA, It's a True Story. Yeah, we're going to link that one for you for sure, too, and and get you a little shout out there, too, hopefully uh, from one podcaster to another. And uh, (laughs) hopefully see that. that, that, It sounds like you guys are killing it there, too, so I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Bill. It's been great. We uh, look forward to staying in touch and uh, stay safe out there.
1: You, too. Take care.
0: Thanks, Bill. Have a good one. Hey, thanks for listening. If you had a good time, be sure to hit that subscribe button to get all the latest episodes. And if you had a really good time, leave a review to let us know what you thought. Until then, go gather some crazy stories on your job sites, and we'll see you next time on So, You Want to Be a Contractor.